Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, if you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, shout hallelujah. Would you do that? Can you see me? Look, I know um, this is not going to be a long sermon. I'm a short preacher. You can tell by just looking at me. Uh, just smile at the person next to you. Would you. I mean, give him a big, fat smile. Go ahead and do that. Just fake it. Pastors Maddie and Jill are ministering in North Carolina. We're excited for them and what they're doing. Can I just encourage you uh, to pray for your pastors every single day? It doesn't take much, 30 seconds. Just, Father, bless them. Pray that you'd encourage them. Uh, give them wisdom. Protect them. Uh, just give them knowledge of the word. Uh, those kinds of things. Can you do that? Um, it's very simple. Every day. Just set yourself a reminder, put a sticky note in your car or whatever, just to remind you to pray for our pastors. They need our prayers. They need our support. They're not perfect. They're human just like we are. But we're so thankful. We honor them for their saying yes to God so that we can experience what we're having here today. Amen. Well, all of us are aware of what's taking place in the Middle East, and I think it would be appropriate if we just took a second and just acknowledged God, and he says in Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, just like Pastor Matty prayed last week. So we're going to do that right now. Would you bow your heads in prayer and just, we're going to believe for God to bring peace into that region. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for peace in that region, for the bloodshed and the conflict to end. We're asking, Heavenly Father, that you will be with those that are grieving, comfort those that are mourning. You would protect those that are innocent. You would make a way where there would be peace. Father, we know that this did not take you by surprise. We know that you're not shocked by this. And we know that you can work all things together according to the counsel of your will. So we release this into your hands and ask, Heavenly Father, that you would bless and comfort and bring the peace that you can only bring. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Well, so glad for Pastor Tommy Barnett. Thank you, team. You guys are absolutely amazing. Some of you are good looking. Um, and so we're glad for... Pastor Tommy Barnett, last week, I thought he brought a great word, really encouraging. And two weeks before that, you and I were giving these cards of Can You See It? When Pastors Maddie and Jill kind of uh, laid out the vision for the future of Colonial Church. And on the back of it, we we're asked to write, what do we feel that vision is? What is the vision that God has given to you? And so I wrote down here a verse and then what I'm expecting God to do. Now, can I say something to you? You don't need this card. This card's not magical. It's not anointed. It's beautiful. It's well-designed. There's no doubt about it. You can write it anywhere. Like put it on a three-by-five card. Just keep it in front of you. Keep it in your Bible so that when you read it, you're reminded about what God's going to do. This is what God's going to do in my life. This is not a prayer request. This is a quest. It's an adventure. 
It's a movement. I'm moving forward towards something. You'll hear me say this later, probably. The vision of your life doesn't get laid in your lap. You go after the vision that God has for you. So I want to encourage you that when we are in this season of vision, that you ask God to fill your heart and your mind with his dreams that will line up with what his will is for your life and for my life. And don't you know that when God does that, you'll be blessed, right? Don't you know when God does that, you'll experience his presence? And don't you know that when God does that, you'll experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Jesus prayed that in uh, Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 11, and also in Deuteronomy chapter 20, God says, I want you to have days of heaven on earth. Earth. I mean, it can't get any clearer than that, amen? But if you want something, you've got to go after it, amen? You've got you to pursue that. You've got to follow after what God is calling you to do. Have you ever seen anybody that kind of goes through life that doesn't have a plan? Anybody know anybody like that? Or do you ever end up on vacation and you get there and you're like, oh man, I should have planned better. I don't have this, this, or that, we're going to be talking about how that everybody goes somewhere. Everybody always arrives somewhere, but they don't arrive somewhere on purpose. Only a few people do. I hope you're some of those few people that you're not just arriving somewhere, you're arriving somewhere on purpose. If you're here today and you're not married, then guess what you're looking for? Probably, I hope so. Anyway, come see me afterwards. A spouse, right? And not that I want to be that because God forbid, but... <laughs> Chris is free, all right? So Pastor Chris is, may be available after what happened in the last service, but we'll find out about that. But if you want something, you go after it. If you're single, you're looking for a spouse that is completely devoted to Jesus that'll help you raise the next generation for Christ, amen? If you have a marriage right now, you have a goal of having that marriage to become better, intimate, joyful, just vital, just having something really good take place within that. If you're here today and you've got finances, right? Wouldn't you love to be debt-free? Wouldn't you love to be able to live generously and live freely financially? If you're here today and you want your body to feel better, it's something you've got to go after. And if you're here today and you have a ministry for Jesus and you want to do something for God, have a long-lasting effect, you've got to have a plan for your life. Everybody ends up somewhere, but only a few of us end up somewhere on purpose. I would like you to look at, in behind me, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 in the New American Standard. The Bible says this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Now, the word unrestrained means to stumble or to be discouraged or to have disorder or chaos within your life. And I wonder if there's anybody here today where you might be saying there's an area in my life where there's chaos or I've stumbled or I've got disorder in that area of my life. What you need is a vision. What you need is a goal. What you need is an objective, a need uh, for a place where God can take you. Now, the Hebrew word for vision in this verse is the Hebrew word chazon. Pretty good, right? Uh, I want you to say it with me, but right now I'm going to give you one more chance. You've got to dig deep, okay? Chazon. I want you to say it. Go ahead and say it. No, i got to hear the chazon, okay? Say it again. One more time. Go. All right. Now, apologize to the person in front of you for hocking a loogie on their back, right? <laughs> 
I mean, that's just the way that they talk. Listen, I didn't say calzone for all of you Italians in the room. That's an inverted pizza, right? For all of you Spanish-speaking people, I'm not talking about calzones. That's your underwear. And how we got there, I have no idea. But let's get back to the Word of God, because the Bible says where there is no vision, where there is no objective, where there is no goal, where there is no prophetic revelation, you have disorder in your life. You are discouraged in your life. Your life is apathetic, if you will. You're just not going anywhere like a person on a merry-go-round. It's fun at first until you see your mom and dad's face over and over and over and over and over again. They're like, when is this thing going to be over with, right? And our lives, sometimes we can be on that merry-go-round. And what we need is an exit. What we need is a way to get off of that so that God can clearly show us what he wants for us to have within our lives. Where there is no vision, the people stumble or experience disorder. And with that in mind, I'm going to ask you all to stand. We're going to read Habakkuk chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 out loud together with a deep breath, loud enough so that your ears can hear what your mouth is saying. Don't follow my lead. I will start you. I want you to finish it as a congregation. You ready? Let's go. I will stand at my guard post. I will station myself on the wall. Write the vision. Make it clear. Don't sit down. Somebody actually did in the first service. We had them removed. <laughs> uh, so be careful. Uh, when you're here this morning. Look what he says in verse one. If we can go back to verse one, I want you to see. He says, I will watch to see. I will watch to see. I will focus so that I can see what God will say to me. And I wonder if you can be there today where you can say, God, I want to watch to see what you have for me, what you have for my future. I will watch to see what the Lord will say. Because when you discover that it's God's vision for your life, you can go after it knowing that it's going to come to pass. Now, what I've taken is the liberty to say every time the word it was used in those three verses, I've replaced it with the word vision because the word it refers to vision. But this will give us some clarity, so we're going to do it out loud one more time. Are you ready? Wait a minute, are you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. I will stand at my guard post. I will station myself on the wall. I will watch to see what he will say to me. Write the vision. Make the vision clear. The vision hurries towards the vision's goal. The vision won't be a lie. The vi yes. Wait for the vision. The vision will certainly happen. The vision can't be late. Don't sit down. Habakkuk saw it. I'm going to watch to see what he will say. I'm going to watch to see what he will say. And then God says, write it out. Big letters. So that he who runs can read it, make it plain, make it simple, make it clear. What's your vision? What's your vision? What's your vision? What's your vision? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would clearly download to us this morning the powerful perception, clear 
unadulterated vision that you have for our lives individually. We thank you for this, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every heart and every life in this room here today. We bless all the kids and colonial kids. We ask that you would fill them with your spirit and with joy, and Lord, you would give them understanding. Thank you for this time that we are together in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The, the title of this sermon is, Where You Going? Ask the person next to you, say, Where You Going? What'd they say? They don't know, right? It's a good thing you're here today because you'll know where you're going after this, amen? So I'm going to be preaching from Joshua chapter 1 today, uh, just a few verses, but I'm going to stay right there in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to be talking about where are you going? Where are you going? Where is God leading you? Where are you going to end up? What's your vision? What's your goal? What's your objective? Where are you going to go to? And what we'll see here in the book of Joshua is, hey, by the way, Joshua's a great dude. I mean, Joshua is absolutely amazing. If we were to see this in a movie, it would be rated R because of all the warfare and all that stuff that was taking on. It's not good for people that are younger. They wouldn't be able to understand that kind of stuff. But Joshua, when he was first born, was named Hoshea. That was his, the, the name that his parents gave him. But when he started ministering with Moses, Moses changed his name to Joshua. Hoshea means salvation. Joshua, the counterpart of Jesus, means Jehovah is salvation. And the reason why, the reason why Joshua was so successful in everything that he did, because you look through that book, you follow that book, you will, you'll find out that it's not his military prowess, it's not the wisdom that he had, it's because he was so submitted to God, he would do whatever God said. And I love that about him. Look at verses 1 and 2 behind me. After the death of Moses. Somebody say after. Do you know there's always an after? There's a season of your life. It's going to come to an end. There will be an after. And sometimes we stay there. And God doesn't want us to stay there. He says, I want you to move on. He said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Kind of obvious, right? They knew that. 30, 40 days, they're mourning the death of Moses. They're not going anywhere. They're stationary. The nation of Israel, the millions of them, were just in one location, not entering into the promised land. And God says this. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. Somebody shout now. Shout now. Do it again. Did you know that God's a now God? Yes, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. But now is, the, now is what God is talking about. He says, now arise and go over this Jordan. He says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. God is in your now, right now. He's not just in your past. He's not in your future. He's in your now, the dirty now that you're going through, the hard now that you're going through, the lonely now that you're going through, the sick now that you're going through, the divorce now that you're going through. He is in your now, my friend. You don't have to light a candle. You don't have to throw something out there. You don't have to do anything. He is already here. God is in your now. He's in your now. Without a vision, we are stationary. And the nation of Israel was stationary. They, they weren't going anywhere. Their future, as ours is, was begging for something different. There's a cavity in front of us, a void that's in front of us that needs to be filled with something that only God can fill it with, but it's only going to be filled if you and I partner with him. Their future was based upon what God had told them. 
And although it seemed to be a prophetic vision where God said this is for the nation, it was really not just for the nation, it was for every individual Israelite that was waiting for God to show them the way into the promised land. Because the vision starts with us. It extends to colonial. It extends to our region. It extends to southeastern United States, and it extends to the entire world. And God says, your vision is important. Your vision is important. Your vision is important. Your vision is important. Because when you fulfill your vision, you're helping us fulfill this vision. And when this vision is fulfilled, we're helping them fill their vision. And when their vision is fulfilled, we'll see God fulfill his vision and bring the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ upon the darkness of this world and see people come to know Jesus Christ. That's how powerful a vision is within your life. And if you're stationary, my friend, if you're not going anywhere right now, then you've got to rise and you've got to go. I want to encourage you. A lot of fire under your butt. I want you to arise and I want you to go. We cannot sit still any longer. Too many times we, we, we just kind of like get to a place within our life. We say, hey, it's okay. I don't need any more. Got a wife, 17 kids. I've got this. I've got a life. Life is good, you know? We, we put a little picket fence around us. We plant flowers all around it, and we just say, hey, you want to come over? While our friends are going out on their vision quest, and we're stuck, and we're lonely. And then the enemy comes in and says, see, that church is no good for you. They left you behind. Well, just come on up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the future because the future needs a vision for you. We're not going to dishonor our past. I mean, Moses was named over 50 times in the book of Joshua. Why? To honor him, to bless him. We have to know where we came from so that we could know where we are going. We're not going to do this over here any longer. We're going to do that. The bread of yesterday is not the bread for tomorrow. Somebody say amen. Manna has stopped. It's time for them to go forward. The book of Joshua in the first five chapters is replete with leadership and visionary and all that kind of stuff for you to shake up your life so that you can move forward with what God wants for you. But when God said to them, arise and go over this Jordan, he literally said, I want you to do something that's impossible. The Jordan River is typically 100 feet wide. But at this time of the year, the banks of the Jordan are overflowing, and the river was over a mile wide. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. Are you kidding me? How is Joshua going to lead millions of people through an impossibility? Because there is something that stood between them and the fulfillment of their vision. I wonder if here today you've got a dream in your heart, something that God has spoken to you about, and you're stationary, you're stuck, you're on the merry-go-round, and there's an impossibility standing between you and the manifestation of that vision. Is it health? Is it a good marriage? Is it financial freedom? Is it a ministry that's long and lasting and has an impact upon people? What is it that's looming large in front of you that's bigger than you? Can you see yourself defeating it? Can you see yourself healthy? Can you see yourself financially free? Can you see yourself joyful? Can you see yourself leading others to Jesus Christ? Can you see yourself being a leader? Can you see it? I will watch to see what he will say. And then I'll write that vision down and we're going to fulfill what God wants for us to do. So number one, the future needs the vision. Notice what it says in Jeremiah 29 11 as we get ready to go to point number two. God says, for I know the plan 
plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not whispers the Lord. He didn't write this down in some corner. He's declaring this for all of his creation to know. Plans to prosper you. Somebody say prosper. Are, are we a prosperity church? Yes. Say it without shame. Say it without embarrassment. God says, I want to prosper you. I want to make things all well with you. He does all things well. So yes, does God want to prosper you? And when you feel that, when you believe that, when you sense that, then my friend, you understand that when you're up against something, that something is not God, amen? That something is the enemy that's trying to prevent you from achieving your vision. So yes, prosperity is from God. Somebody shout amen with that. You need to believe that. The foundation of all faith is this. God is good. The foundation of all faith. If you don't believe that God is good, you'll never receive anything that God wants you to have. Because you'll be suspect. Oh, am I sick? Is this from God? God's trying to teach me a lesson. No, he's not. I I said, no, he's not. Thank you. I said, no, he's not. Oh my gosh, we're going to be here all day. (laughs) No, he's not. If you think that anything negative or bad or sick has happened into your life as a result from God, then you are wrong. Wrong. That's not good theology. The theology of the Bible is not based upon our experience. It's based upon what God says. Amen? God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. The devil goes about who he wants to steal and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy. He's looking for somebody that he can envelop, somebody that he can devour. But say this, I am undevourable. Say it. That means the enemy can't come against you and win. He can come against you, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody shout amen to that. Because if you think, if you think that negativity or sickness or whatever it might be comes from God, then you're never going to believe that God's got good stuff for you. God is good. Somebody shout all the time. And all the time, he tells them to arise and go. Number two, the Lord leads the vision. Notice verses two through four. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place, somebody shout every place. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. You see those two phrases? I am giving you. I have given you. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. You know what God was doing to them? He was saying, uh, this is where you're going. You're going to go in this land. It's going to be this border here, another border over here. There's going to be a border there and a border down there. It's 300,000 square miles. That's what God was giving to them. They have only possessed less than 10% of all that God wanted them to have. He said, every place where the sole of your foot treads upon is ground that I already have given you. Not that I'm going to get it to you. In our mind, we're thinking, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. God said, you got it. You got it. You got it. We think, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. We need to believe I've already got it. I've already got it. He said I've got it, so therefore I've got it. Now let's go get it. That's what God is doing. He says all that land, every place where the sole of your foot treads upon is ground that I have given you. Can you see it? 
Can you see yourself healthy? Can you see yourself financially free? Can you see yourself with a vibrant marriage? Can you see yourself with a spouse that's amazing and devoted to God? Can you see yourself in a ministry that leads other people to Jesus Christ? Can you see yourself having an impact, having having purpose, having a mission for your life? Can you see it? Because if you can't see it, you won't get it. Oh, listen, if, if you won't see it, if you don't see it, you'll never see it. I'm going to do it again. If you won't see it, if you can't see it, if you're unable to see it, you're not going to see it. If you can't see it with your eyes, you may not be seeing it in your heart. You will not see it until you can see it. You will not see it until you can see it. It's got to become a part of your heart. It's got to become a part of every cell that you've got within your body. It's got to be who you are, uh, the very nature, the essence of who you are. You see that, and you have this picture in your mind, a mental picture. 87 times, as I mentioned, God mentioned the word land to the Israelites. How many times will God have to say to us, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, and I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and upon scorpions. You won't see it until you see it. So what do you see in your life? Well, I just, you know, um, my husband's ugly, um, short, um, loud, spits a lot. Um, I don't like my car. Um, I got a wrinkle. Or, you know, we focus down here, right? We focus down here. But when we elevate and look up, because our redemption draws near, we see the glorious face of God who calls us into our future. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed. Do you know that when you obey, you obey by faith? You, you, you don't obey because of religion. You don't obey because of a rule. You obey because you're being faithful to God. You understand, God, you want me to do this? I'm going to be, but look how Moses was faithful. He wasn't faithful in carrying, oh, I'm sorry, Abraham. Look how Abraham was faithful. He wasn't faithful because he carried out the Ten Commandments. He, he, he didn't obey, it wasn't some moral code that he obeyed. Look at, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when? When? When he was what? When he was called what? To go to the future. When he's called to go do something. Look what the Bible says after that. And he went out. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Oh, gosh. You want me to do that? Yeah, we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, Abraham packs up his U-Haul, ties his donkeys to the back of it, tells his wife to put some makeup on, tells Lot to get his Xbox. Says, hey, let's go. Man, we're going. Well, where are we going, Uncle Abe? I don't know, but we're going. So he says goodbye to his family and his friends, and they're saying to him, Abe, where are you going? I don't know. I'm just going. He's just going. Where's he going? He's taking one step after one step. God tells him about the next step. After that step, God tells him about the next step. Listen, if you fear the future of your vision, take a step. Arise and go. And when you go one step, God's going to tell you what to do with the next step. You go the next step, God's going to tell you what to do. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The word of God will shine brightly tell me where to go, but it also gives me a vision for where I am going.
going. I have a direction. I know where I am going. And when I don't know where I'm going, I simply, all I have to do is get in my car and I've got to take advantage of this amazing feature that comes with my car. It tells me what lane to go in, when to put my signal on. It tells me which turn to take. It tells me to slow down. It tells me when to brake. And she's about five foot one, blue <laughs> blonde hair and blue eyes. I don't know what I do when I'm driving by myself. How did I get here this morning? I have no clue. She must have channeled that into the front seat of my car. Where are you going? You know, most men will never admit that they're lost. Amen or oh me, I don't know, what, what is it? <laughs> We're gonna go to the next point, okay. Yeah, your faith takes you to your vision. Number one, the future needs the vision. Number two, the Lord leads the vision. And number three, the mind, our mind, heeds, heeds the vision. Joshua chapter one, verses five through seven. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. That means to relax his grip. In other words, God says, I'm gonna hold tight. Amen. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. He was asking them to have some discipline. He knows that God says, look, I know that when you're called to do something that's brand new, you've never been this way before, you don't know how you're going to get there, there's going to be some fear, there's going to be some anxiety, there's going to be some worry, there's going to be some stress, but don't worry about it. As I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. As I, depart, as I departed the Red Sea, as I stopped the River Jordan, I'm going to remove that impossibility from your life, but I cannot move it until you take a step forward. And God calls us out to this land of adventure so that we find out that there's purpose in our vision. How many of you here today know Jesus Christ because somebody fulfilled their vision and you, as a result of that, came to know the love and the grace and the mercy of Almighty God? I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that somebody had a vision to teach Don Palmeyer. You have no idea who he is about the gospel of Jesus Christ because when I was in the Marine Corps in our squad bay, every night at 10 o'clock, Don Palmer got down on his knees and he prayed for the men in that barracks. He prayed for his family. He prayed for all this thing that he was doing. He prayed for his church. People threw stuff at him. They, mom, they mimicked, mimicked him. They mimicked him. See how easy it is, Chris, when you have no idea where you're going or what you're saying, how you end up at a ladies' dinner party? It just happens. And so Don Palmer, people would throw paper at him. I mean, they just ridicule him. One day he invited us to church. And uh, then they had altar calls. You know, you would come down and we ran. Ran. I got saved first. I just want you to know that. <laughs> but we ran and we got gloriously saved the next Sunday. We got baptized. Uh, we started going to church, learning about the word, getting instruction from our pastors about the word of God, how to raise a family. And I want you to understand this, that after Dawn and I got saved, there was more people in that barracks that got saved. There was 50 or 60 people in the unit and 40 of those people got saved. We were having Bible studies at, at lunchtime. We were praying for each other. And then just as quickly as it happened, God dispersed them all over the world as Marines that went out as missionaries 
Mary's, to all these places. Today, there are people in full-time ministry because of Don Palmer. There are churches that have been started because of Don Palmer. There are chiefs of police because of Don Palmer. There are children. My kids are saved because of Don Palmer. Listen, we are here today because of somebody else's vision, and you've got to understand that people need you to fulfill your vision because when you fulfill your vision, you will impact their lives gloriously, powerfully, forever that will take place. Number three, the mind heeds the vision. I think I need to mention this, that the vision that Pastors Maddie and Jill explained to us about the building that's going to go in the back, it's not about the building. It's got nothing to do with the building. It's got everything to do with people. The vision is always, people are the prize. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we can have a building. But we build a building so that the people that recognize that he died on the cross have a place to worship the Savior. The vision is people. Always has been, always will be. The future needs the vision. The Lord leads the vision. The mind heeds the vision. And finally, the word feeds the vision. Notice what it says in the same chapter, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, then, then. Oh, let me go back to the beginning. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, after you've done that, then God will make your way prosperous. What's it say back there? You. You will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So um, you may get mad at me. It's okay. I'm not the lead pastor. That's fine. Um, if you're not experiencing success or victory in your life, don't blame God. Come to us. We'll help you. We've all been there. We've all fallen. We've experienced tragedy. We know what it's like to have trauma. We, we understand that. We'll help you through it. God's not the one that punishes you. God's not the one that has brought those bad things in your life. God wants you to experience hope, future, good success, and prosperity in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Not their maybe, not their no. Every promise finds its yes. It's an affirmation. God says, yeah, I'm going to do that. Notice Jeremiah chapter 1 as we begin to close. Jeremiah speaking here says, the word of the Lord came to me. What came to him? The word. Saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. You've seen well. What are you looking at? According to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, what we focus on, like a camera, will eventually develop within our lives. What are you focusing on? Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says, as a person thinks in his heart, that's who he becomes. Your thoughts direct your life. 
your life moves towards the direction of your strongest thoughts. And God says here that all the promises, we find their yes in Jesus. Somebody shout yes. They find their yes in Jesus. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over. I am watching. I am watching. God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Now, in the original Hebrew, there's a play on words here because when Isaiah, I'm sorry, when Jeremiah said, I see an almond branch, he uses the word shadak. But when God says, I'm watching over my word, he uses the Hebrew word shadak. Almost exactly the same word. But what's significant about, about him seeing an almond branch is this. The almond tree was called the waker tree in Israel. In other words, it would wake up spring. It was the first tree to bloom, the first tree to blom it, blom it, blom it, blom it, blom it, blom it. Chris, help me out here because you're the one having trouble too. Blossom. The first tree to blossom. It's like, that's the first sign of spring when we were living in Connecticut, when the tulips would come up just barely sticking out. That's the first sign of spring. When you see certain birds coming in, that's the first sign of spring. And what was Jeremiah saying? Jeremiah saying, God, I, I, I see the beginning. I see the beginning. It's an almond tree. And God says, yeah, I'm watching over that thing. I'm watching over. God, I, you see well, Jeremiah. I'm watching over that word to perform it. I see the beginning. And when you see the beginning, hope rises up on the inside of you. Can you see it in your life? Can you see the light in the midst of the darkness? Hope in the midst of despair? Can you see yourself healthy in the midst of sickness? Can you see it? Because if you can, you've just taken the right step to arise and go and walk towards that vision that God wants you to have. Now, I'm not going to preach this. Just go to, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23, and we're done. I just want to talk to you about a couple more things, and then we're going to be dismissed. I'll finish this in the third service. If you haven't seen the rest of this, just come back for the third. We'll do the rest. It's a deal. It's not going to cost you any more. Just come, right? That's all there is to it. Because the word feeds the vision, I can't have the world feed the vision. I've got to separate myself so that I can hear from God and see from God, so that I can watch and see what he will say, so that when he says something to me, he's going to say, you have seen well. You have seen well. It's happening. It's going to happen in your life. And my friend, your vision is just as important as my vision. It's just as important as their vision, as their vision, as everybody's vision is important. And God is watching over his promises, watching over his word to make sure that, that it comes to pass in your life. As long as you remain faithful to Almighty God, as long as your eyes look up to him, as long as you're looking for the Shadek, the little blossom that's going to come out, as long as you're looking up and not looking down, as long as your faith is in God and not in mankind, as long as you're trusting in the Lord and not in your own abilities, as long as you're acknowledging him in all your ways and he will direct your path, you will find out that you can do all things through him who strengthens you and the people who know their God shall carry out great exploits because the vision of Almighty God will come to pass if you cooperate with Almighty God. Would you please stand for prayer? Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.